There's been an attempt to drag the National Party into a tax debate as a result of the weather mess and the cost of a clean-up. If the bill is so large, and we still don't know exactly how much, of course, how is it possible to adjust tax thresholds when the government is collecting less income? Or so was the answer, uh, and the debate started yesterday. Anyway, to answer that, National Party leader Christopher Luxon is with us. Good morning. Morning, Mike. How are you going? Very well indeed. So this whole tax thing that they tried to raise yesterday, is there an element of gotcha journalism about all of this? It sort of inferred that you can't do one thing. If you do one thing big, you can't do another. In other words, you can't uh. clean up and you can't have a tax policy. It's one or the other. Mop or financial policy? Which is it? Yeah, look, I mean, the bottom line is that we've got a cost of living crisis. We've got a government that's just been wasting a huge amount of money. I mean, the two numbers that are really startling is this, which is this government spending a billion dollars more a week than it did in 2017, uh, and it's getting worse outcomes. Hired more people, spent more money, worse outcomes. And the second thing is because of inflation, it's taking in $42 billion more in tax since 2017. So that's like an extra $17,500 per household. And if you think about it, our debt's up three times. And when you hear about the COVID fund, well, that's largely debt. So um, the upshot is that you know we really have to have to make sure that we give people tax relief. What we've been talking about is just inflation-adjusting tax thresholds. Uh, that gives people some relief. It doesn't solve all the problems. It doesn't get to the underlying problem which we have in the economy, which is the government isn't actually got a proper plan to deal with the underlying causes of inflation around costs, immigration, spending tax and the Reserve Bank being focused. So, you know, that's the economic reality. Yep, sure, we have now a new crisis to deal with, which is respecting, you know, in in areas like, you know, Hawke's Bay, as you've seen this morning, absolutely um, devastating images, as I've been looking at it and reading about it again this morning and talking to people in the Hawke's Bay last night. You know, we're going to have a big set of investments that are going to be needed to actually get that clean up in place, get the infrastructure in place. But, uh, you know, when you see through that, I mean, we still have a really big challenge about making sure we actually support people in a cost of living crisis. What's what's your observation so far of what we've seen in the last couple of days? Is infrastructure too fragile in this country or was this just one of these acts of God and it is what it is? It's probably a combination of both, to be honest. I mean, um, the first thing I'd say, Mike, is just, you know, when you think about the scale of people displaced from homes, when you do think about those communities like Wairoa cut off and the images that we're seeing, you think about uh, the devastation and horticulture through the Hawke's Bay, which will be, you know, a very long recovery. And um, when you think about lives lost, you know, this is a really serious event, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, there is a real need for us to sort of think longer term about actually what do we need to do to make this country more future-proof and more resilient uh, and really you know, that's a multi-decade effort involving multiple governments of different colours. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty complex because you've got to work out where, the, where that investment is going to come from. Every country in the world is dealing with it but is it insurers, is it private property owners, is it ratepayers and councils, is it taxpayers centrally you know, through central government, is it this generation, next generation and so you've actually got to get the first principles straight uh, on, on the framework for actually how we go about actually building more you know, infrastructure that's more you know, adapted to the climate. Yeah, and so you know, that's the challenge. Here's my, here's my concern, though. I look at all that crap going down the streams in Gisborne yet again, all that, all, all that stuff from the forestry. We've had this discussion yeah. before. My great, my great fear is the sun will come out and we'll all move on. Yeah, well, we can't do that. I mean, yeah, the forestry thing is incredibly frustrating because uh, I can't think of another sector or business that's actually allowed to... You know, uh, deal with its waste in the way that it does, uh, where the, that cost gets socialised uh, to the community rather than actually to the business uh, or to the sector. So I think there's a really good conversation that needs to happen there, particularly an independent review around land use, but also about forestry practices and why, that, why they haven't changed and why we've still got the same problem that we had in 2018 and other times. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a particular issue that I think we do need a bit of focus on. But, um, look, I mean, you know, the bottom line is we still have a country that's been, you know, and the people that are doing it tough and are the most vulnerable, uh, as we've seen through Auckland, through Corrie, 
Coromandel, through Hawke's Bay, through Gisborne, Tairawhiti, uh, are those that are already struggling with a mm. cost of living crisis on top of it. So uh, it's incredibly challenging for people. Are you getting drowned out a bit, given that we do have a disaster and uh, the Prime Minister's front and centre high-vis and we're out rolling out the all of that stuff that cuts out the bigger conversation around the cost of living? Everyone's going, well, let's deal with this another day. Is that a problem for you? Look, at the moment, you know, let's be honest, you know, it's an unusual start to the year. We've had a change of Prime Minister, we've had a series of uh, extreme weather events and natural disasters, and, you know, that, that does actually take the oxygen out of a, a political conversation. But it doesn't change that at some point, you know, uh, there'll, be a, uh, there'll be time for us to uh, be able to get air time and be able to talk about these issues again. But right here, right now, uh, it is the right thing that we focus on the response and then uh, focus on the clean-up and then the recovery. From what we've said and talked about so far, what do you reckon Adrian Orr does next week? I mean, how do you put all of that in a basket and present it as a here's the state of the economy speech with, you know, and I'll adjust the interest rates accordingly? Well, look, I mean, the reality is inflation's at 7.2%. It's been um, high, you know, for the last nine months. We've had two and a half years now where wages aren't keeping up. I think wage growth is about 4.1%. And so everyone's going backwards with their incomes. Uh, and, you know, that would suggest that he's going to, you know, need to continue to, 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 to raise interest rates again. What worries me about interest rates is New Zealand's unique because it's a fixed interest rate mortgage rate market rather than most countries are, are variable. Mm. And you've got a lot of New Zealanders over the course of the next 12 months, nine months, that are going to be refixing their loans going from 3 to 7%. Uh, and in that process, they have to go find another five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a fortnight to actually pay uh, the interest costs on their mortgages. So, you know, there's a lot more pain still to come um, and at a time when you might have also forecast recession and then ultimately rising unemployment. So, you know, that's why good economic management really kind of matters. Um, it's not just because we care about money, it's because we care about people. And the way you do that is you actually manage the economy incredibly well. Are you going to be able to do that? Because Bryce Edwards, according to his column, says Luxon's <laughs> leadership under threat. Yeah, give me a break. It's all good. Uh, I can tell you the National Party and our team is incredibly focused. Uh, everyone's seen that over the last year. We've got the right people in the right places. We're just looking forward to getting into it and actually making the case. And most importantly, you know, we're ready to go. We've done seven months of working on policy work and we want to be able to unveil that to New Zealand people and get them thinking about um, what an alternative government looks like. All right, appreciate your time. Christopher Luxem, National Party Leader. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.